Peace and blessings, everybody. You're listening to The Good Brother Experience, where it is I, the good brother, the original black man. I am Reek. What's happening with you? How you doing? How you feeling? How you been? Are you keeping your goofy ass in the house? I hope so. Because if you're not keeping your goofy ass in the house, you're being counterproductive to what the fuck needs to happen. We're all trying to flatten the curve out here. And I need you to think about it like this. Your man says you, like, yo, all of us have been quarantined. All of us have been chilling. Yo, meet up at the block. It's about 20 of y'all. Niggas drinking, passing around the Henny. Talking about good times. Talking about bad times. Talking about how crazy this shit has been. Then one of your homies go home. He's asymptomatic. Your man lives with his grandmother. But a week or so goes by, your man hits the group chat like, yo, grandma's sick. She's dry coughing. She says she can't smell nothing. Gave her some soup. She says she can't taste nothing. I don't know what's going on. Four days after that, his grandma's dead. All because niggas wanted to link on the block. Keep your silly goofy ass in the fucking house this is not the time to link secondarily i know alcohol sales have been going up about 800 percent 900 percent 1000 percent all those percents and you're not properly hydrating your kidney your liver your stomach your body crying out for hydration and you want to do the nonsense and not properly hydrate what the fuck is wrong with you don't you listen to my show put some water in your bloodstream and stop being a silly ass goofy ass boy or girl also if you would like to email me which is the segment that we're doing today good brother experience at yahoo.com and today oh today we have some doozies last but not leastly please rate review and subscribe to my show hey 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 yes you yes pay a fuck attention rate review subscribe please okay with that being said we can get to the first email let's see what's happening with it do la do do la do all right now, the first one pertains to a feminist email that I received two weeks ago. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm going to give you a brief reminder. This came from a emailer by the name of T. And um, I'll go through this very quickly. He said, um, I have a daughter, several nieces, and a bunch of family friends. I'm a bunch of female friends, pardon me, who I, I have strictly platonic fr- uh, friendships with and relationships with. So I'm definitely an ally of black women, and I say this with love. I wish black women would distance themselves from the feminist movement completely. The feminist movement cares about black women as much as the NRA cares about Philando Castillo, which is fucking harsh. The white women folk only want black women's support because they are the leaders in getting shit done. They're also the most powerful voices, but those movements are so quiet when black women need help. That's the gist of what... The good brother T said, and I had an email uh, to add to that because I was saying that in that regard, I'm not incredibly knowledgeable 
And if anyone who is knowledgeable in that regard could just email me so I can educate the listeners about what the fuck is going on in the realm of feminism, I would deeply appreciate it. And my fucking question was answered by a brilliant woman by the name of Ananza. And this is entitled Response to the Feminist Question. Because if I remember correctly, I was saying like, hey, is this shit really true? Is this shit opinion based that my man T said? Can somebody set the record straight? And she went on to set the record straight, just like I asked. Hi, Reek. Hey, Ananta. What's happening with you? This email is long, but I promise there's good stuff here. The question from your listener regarding feminism is a question that often comes up. Unfortunately, our education system only scratches the surface of black history, particularly women's black history. Additionally, the history of feminism that we do learn is about the suffrage movement and the second wave feminist movement of the 1960s through the 1980s, and both of those prioritized white women. What many don't know or refuse to accept is that black women have been feminists long before the 1960s and that our feminist practices have sustained us in this country. Historians and social scientists discuss black women engaging in feminist practices that date back to slavery. One example is this of Sojourner Truth's speech, Ain't I a Woman? In the 1960s, black feminism began to gain widespread attention and with this attention, Black women face scrutiny. Black feminists are often wrongfully blamed for sabotaging the civil rights movement. Long story short, during the 1960s through the 1980s, the feminist movement in uh, what I'm talking about, white women were racist and non-inclusive. And at that time, black women were fighting sexism and sexual assault within the Black Party, I'm sorry, within the Black Panther Party and SNCC, the people who organized sit-ins and stuff. So, black women had an agenda to ensure that the voices of black women and children were heard. Lastly, when I meet people who criticize black feminists or womanism, it's because they don't know much about it and assume that feminism is one thing. Black feminism has its own set of values and priorities that are not a part of mainstream feminism because mainstream feminism is largely Eurocentric. What black feminists have always understood is that in a group of women, we are not prioritized. And in a group of black people, we are not prioritized. Additionally, there's also Asian American feminism and Native American feminism because no f- mainstream feminism. I'm sorry, because mainstream feminism is really a joke. I really feel like that was important. I'm going to reread that whole sentence. Additionally, there is also Asian American feminism and Native American feminism because mainstream feminism is really a joke. It is also worth noting that for centuries, white women have been stealing from women of color in order to benefit themselves. So it's not surprising that they steal from our feminist movements. Below, I have some books and links about what I mentioned earlier for you to forward to the listener. Uh, Some links are from Wikipedia, but to be honest, they provide a decent foundation. So, good brother T, I know you're an avid listener of my show. If you would like for me to email you the links that the good sister Ananza just sent to me, uh, I definitely can send that to you because I'm all about uh, educating the people. The books that were here are In Search of Our Mother's Gardens for Alice Walker, if anybody wants to get their read on. A second book was Love with Accountability by, oh man, come on, what kind of fucking name is this? A-I-S-H-A-H? Asha, Asha, Shahida Simmons, Black Feminist Thought, 
Patricia Hill Collins and playing in the talk by Toni Morrison. She said best. She said Anasa. And I don't know how she wrote this email. Okay. So it appears as though I have my answers. Uh, the good brother T was alluding to the fact that black women aren't valued in feminism. So they should stray away from it. Anasa just informed me that it's not the fact that they're not being appreciated, but as far as mainstream eyes are concerned, feminism altogether is just some jokey shit of just women complaining. The nuances of black feminism and what black have, black women have been doing way before the 60s is not often documented. And the reason why it's not documented is because black women and black people are brushed aside so especially when it's something as niche as black feminism is concerned why the fuck would you know the do's and don'ts the highs and the lows of it you don't you're not really going to be able to follow the ebbs and flows of black feminism because it's not really put to the forefront it requires more digging and who the fuck does digging i haven't seen a shovel in years so i definitely don't fucking blame you but i'm not so i definitely do appreciate that um these books will be incredibly helpful but for anyone that wants to educate themselves i might have to pick one up myself only because i like being multifaceted as far as what i'm knowledgeable in everybody is not gonna be knowledgeable in this regard because feminism in itself is something that if it's like being like an mf doom fan either you like mf doom or you don't either you like him you don't like him or you don't know who he is but it's very like i know that's what everything but if you listen to MF Doom, then you are a particular type of person that likes a particular like type of hip hop. If you're into black feminism, you are a particular type of person that likes a particular type of politics, a different, I'm sorry, a particular type of policies, a particular type of ideals, a particular type of understanding, a particular type of background. You understand? So it's very hard for you to really ingratiate yourself in something that you might not fall in line with. So for the good brother like T that has daughters, that has nieces, that has female friends, he's seeing it very third party. So we definitely need listeners like you just to keep us abreast about what's going on. And if there's any time that you think that there's something that needs to be known about as far as something being widespread, please let me know. I will say it on my program. And for the people that are listening uh, to this, Everybody will be on the same page as far as knowledge is concerned. All right. Let's go to the next email. It is entitled Daronis. And this comes from your boy B. You know what it is original? It's your boy B. How's your mentals and physicals during this epidemic? Hope all is well. So how do you feel about 1200 coming in? I think this shit is a setup by Trump. Also, this Cuomo nigga. Thoughts? Do you... Do you think they're setting him up to run for president? IG, keep up the good work. Peace and blessings. Pass the dressing. Sent from my iPhone. Okay. So what you asked me was pretty multifaceted, so I'll try to answer one at a time. First and foremost, uh, my mental, my physical, definitely doing all right. You know what I mean? I'm trying to upgrade how many push-ups I'm doing a day. I'm getting my stretch on. I'm incredibly stiff, so I'm trying to be more limber in this quarantine. I'm trying to not only increase my flexibility, but... Increase the strength that doesn't go anywhere. You know, calisthenic work is the, that's not the shit that gets you buff, but it's the shit that gets you strong. It sets the foundation. And that's all I'm trying to do. Because between me and you, don't tell anybody, I've had sex with fat women before. I know I'll talk about weight. But sometimes, 
I see fat women the same way I see Six Flags. You know, I'm not always in the mood for rides. I'm not an adrenaline junkie. But after some years go by, an opportunity presents itself. Maybe I will ride King of the, King of the Car. Maybe I will ride the Batman, Superman. Maybe I will get some cotton candy. And in that regard, that's how I view fat women. Sometimes a fat woman will come by. I'm like, hmm. I might want to put my penis over there. And then I go about doing so. So, if I'm going to be manning down fat women every so often, I got to make sure that my core is strong. You feel what I'm saying? Do you feel I'm coming from B? I'm looking at your Abby. You fucked a fat woman too. Don't lie to me. Secondarily, the 1200 that Trump is sending, I don't believe it. I believe it when I see it. And the fact that the the way they even got the $1,200 is sent that around a pay scale that's not regional. It's national. Because if they did it in a regional sense, $1,200 to someone who lives in New York is the equivalent of... Hmm... Is equivalent to giving $25 to someone who is in 10th grade. You're going to go get Wendy's. You're going to go get pizza. You might get some soda. And that shit is not lasting for as long as you think it was going to last. But when you're in 10th grade, you're like, I got a little, I mean, I got a little bit of money. Yo, yo, get a little, get yourself some Chinese food. I got you. And then I got you means you'll be flat broke in two days. And this $1,200 maximum that's only being given to people who filed their taxes last year how are they going to go about doing so? Is that even legal? Can the people that you filed your taxes with just put money in your account for no apparent reason? There's no waiver that you have to sign. There's no thing that you have to sign up for. There's no way to re-implement your information. They can just put it into your account whenever they want. Like None of this shit is really making sense to me. Are they going to mail the checks? Will, will, the, will the banks be contacting each and every person asking for permission to put something into their account that wasn't there? That you didn't agree to be there? Is he forcefully just going to give you $1,200? Like, there's a lot of things that I'm not familiar with. So if somebody wants to keep me abreast on that, please email me and tell me the process of how this mystery money is going to end up in my account. Also, this Cuomo nigga, thoughts, do you think they're setting him up for the presidential run? No, I fucking don't. Uh, for a few reasons. One, he's not 103 years old. It's come to my attention that ever since Obama, they don't want nobody running that's young ever again. You got to be on the brink of death. So, it, matter of fact, it's very similar to 32.2, the one I just fucking, um, I just recorded. The bitch-ass president fucking died right before his policies, policies got lit. They need to have checks and balances throughout everything that they do. So they're opting to choose presidents that have the chance of dying during the presidency just in case they try to implement some fuckery, they can get them niggas up out of there quote-unquote naturally. So I don't think Cuomo's 108 years old, so because of that, they're probably not setting him up. He has like another 40 years to go. But as far as what he's doing, um, I'm not really familiar with his policies. I'm not familiar with his ideals. I'm not f familiar with even if he's Democrat or Republican. But what I do know is that he's letting Hasidic Jews run through the city all willy-nilly. There's something going on here. And somebody got to say something. Now, I know for a fact that it's not my business. I stay out the way. Who the fuck am I? I'm this guy that talks to himself. 
But if we can't even get New York together, and if you're talking about raising fines from five hundred to a thousand dollars, but then there's groups and groups and groups and groups of these niggas that's looking like Mortal Kombat characters walking around all over the place and nobody's saying nothing to them, then what what's really going on? What does that say to the people that live here? Let alone the whole nation. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like I said earlier, there's regional and there's national. Regionally, he's not even having shit together. So what the fuck is he going to do nationally? These are things that I can't answer for you. So hopefully, I'll get to know what's going on uh, by the time shit, shit gets up and running. Okay, next email. Hi, Reek. <clears throat> oh, man, this is from Kaya Kia Kia Kaya Kaya Kia. I'm getting fucking yelled at again. I'll read it, whatever. I thought we had an understanding. Hi, Reek. I want to start out by saying I'm happy that you are well. I say this to you in love. What the fuck, Reek? You had me thinking you were sick or something to only find out your ass was caught up watching Netflix. Are you serious? Am I risking my life for you assholes every day? I don't. I don't. I have patient contact. Kayaki is so upset with me. She's not even being grammatically correct. Uh, I have patient contact. However, I am a scientist in the lab. I am the person who determines if you're negative or positive. After listening to 31.3, you didn't answer my question. Who was better, Janta or Neo? The answer is Janta. There's your answer. You didn't formally state it. However, I felt as though you leaned towards Neo and you would be wrong. Nevertheless, I need to be clear with you. Reek, I look forward to hearing your podcast and I need you to be consistent. Gotcha. You have to step it up with exclamation point. I'm working on weekends now because you niggas won't stay home. That is a fact. Blame the Jews. So the least you can do for the good people is be consistent during this crazy time and have the podcast ready. Much love. I had to get it off my chest to the good people. Kaya Kia Kia Kaya sent for my iPhone. Listen, man, niggas make mistakes. I thought fucking Tuesday was Monday. I got caught up in the mix. But at least I'm staying inside. So you can't blame me for why your ass got to go to work on weekends. Secondarily, those N95 masks. If you can send some of them shits to me, I would deeply appreciate that shit. Know what I mean, I know you're the person that's behind the scenes that's telling niggas if they're negative or positive. But if you can hold down the good brother with some N95 masks, uh, the good brother's out here trying to stay alive and he want to have to go outside. You know, niggas got to shop. I got to go to the liquor store. Just cool things like that, so... I definitely can send you my fucking address and you can send some shit over and I will be forever indebted to you, Kia Kaya Kaya Kia. Last but not least, as far as being consistent, I was consistent. I gave you fucking two episodes on that Tuesday. It's not like I slowed up the process. So come on, man. Come come on, man. I'm already doing what I got to do, Kaya Kia. Give me, cut me a break. Matter of fact, don't cut me a break. Hold me accountable because not getting held accountable is what could fuck you up in the first place from niggas getting lazy. All right. I have one more email for the day. This comes from Mackenzie Stevens. Yo, love the convo you had about your dad. Maybe want to tap in and write about the experience with mine. Wanted to get your thoughts. Um, this derives from when I was talking about how I'm going to let my dad down when he gets out of prison and he wants to go to a Nets game and he sees a nigga that's 6'11 that looks like me that has way more money than me while I'm out here doing the wrong thing. Anywho, all right. So in life, 
I think everyone has one major task to overcome that defines their life. I think mine is to forgive my father. As I told you, in our convo, we have beef from just generally how he was around but wasn't around in my life. My parents split when I was seven. I went to Connecticut to visit him and his new wife every now and then. He sent gifts on birthdays. They all was trash for the most part, like really low effort. Parents split, and that's okay. I understood it from young. My pops was kind of an asshole to my moms, though. Not physically, but I remember he made me cry, and he made her cry after an argument, and he lifted the couch and slammed it down. My moms traveled for work every Saturday, and I remember I used to cry for her to come back, and he told me one day that he would beat me if I cried again. I think this is why I have a hard time showing emotion to this day. When I turned 16, this is fucking nine years later, he sent me a used book, Stephen King The Stand, with a note saying basically he knew he had been a poor father and wished he had done better. As I got older, my moms told me more and more about how my pops kind of turned his entire side of the family against her, uh, saying that, saying he told her not to let me see her. Okay, so your father was telling his side of the family that your mom was out here fucking up and not letting him see you. Alright, I got it, I got it, I got it. From young, I never cared to, to be honest. I was always aware of where I was wanted. But as I grew older and learned how my Aunt T, who I loved and spent all my time in her crib when we lived in the same building, had real beef with my mom's. Or that my grandmoms was talking shit about my mom's because my pops lied. I never believed blood is thicker than water. Once you cross me, fam, or not, you're fucking finished. He really just never put in the effort to be my father. In college, he bought me a laptop. It died two years later. And I asked for another one, or at least helped to get another. He said, I bought you one, and that's my, contribute, that's my contribution to your college education. Jesus Christ, your father was a fucking dickhead. What kind of shit is that? Fast forward to a week ago. Not a week ago. <coughs> Free GS9. He sent me $50, which he does sometimes to give to my son, which he's done for me from time to time. He basically put a message that said, based on the way I treat him and his family, he shouldn't be. But he wants to be the bigger man. I, of course, called him and told him to get off his high horse. An argument ensued where I told him as the son, it's not my job to reach out to fix your mistakes, even if you felt I was standoffish. He felt as the son, it's my job to be respectful of the fam, reach out more, and try to mend relationships with people who didn't do anything to me personally. He told me that the last time he saw his pops, he was six and told him to take him home. When he found out his pops died, he was four blocks away from him in Harlem. We did agree that we as men need to work through this together and really make an effort to speak and foster a relationship. I think my main question is, in this situation where both parties are wrong, is it the child's job to reach out as the older generation? Or is, or is it just stubborn and just think it's out their way or the highway? I'm sorry. Or is it just stubborn to think it's their way or the highway? Or is it the adult's job to reach out and fix the problem as the child is indeed the child? Let me know, bro. Salute. Stay home and wash y'all fucking hands. All right. Um, there's a lot to unpack here. I use the word unpack. I'm pod now. And in this regard, I don't even know where to start. But I'll try to start from here. I was not the same person I was when I was 12 years old. At 12 years old, I was not the same person who I was at 16. At 16, I definitely wasn't the same person I was at 20. 
And now that I'm 30 years old, I am not the same person who I was at 25. You constantly grow. You constantly evolve. But you know who's beating to you? Who's beating you in regards to evolution and growth and mental wherewithal? Your parents. For one singular reason, they got here first. So I don't understand how he thought that you would have the bandwidth as someone who's 16 getting sent used books. Hey, man, we need to really fix this shit. And uh, it's up to you to really lock in with us. Because I believe when you're in it, and I believe this is the same thing that's happening with 50 Cent and his oldest child. You know what I'm saying? If you're being left with your mother, you see physically what your mom is doing to literally keep you alive. Your mom is making the food. Your mom is giving you money for food. Your mom is buying you that coat. Your mom is buying you those sneakers. Your mom is out here being your best friend. Your mom is out here being your worst enemy. Your mom is reminding you to clean your room. Your mom is showing you how to brush your teeth. Your mom is doing all this shit. It's your mother who's right there every day. Whether you like her personality or you don't like her personality, you see in growing up and being raised with mommy. That nigga was states away with his wife and saw you kind of. And not only did he see you kind of, he's putting his own family, which is half of your family, against the one person that's single-handedly keeping you alive. I don't know what happened with your mother and father. I'm not going to sit here and try to speculate. But what I do know is when you're the person that's in the middle of that tug of war, there's no fucking way in hell it's going to be up to you to manufacture ways for things to be better between you and him. In my regard, it was very simple. I was better than my father wasn't there. And then I got old enough. My mind evolved. And then I started talking to him. And then now he has a cell phone so I can talk to him in more full. And when I saw him in prison and I was 27, I lived enough life to understand what it's like to go down for somebody that you love, to make a fucked up decision, to really want to be there. But there's different things at play. But it's not he didn't leave it up to me to manufacture ways to really be around the family or to really have a relationship with his side of the family i don't have no relationship with that side of the family besides my little brother my little sister my grandmother and her twin sister that's it and that family on that side is fucking huge i don't know none of them niggas right so the fact that this nigga basically was on military time like yo my nigga i get you one laptop that's my contribution to you getting a college education. That is fucking four years of you really locking in and trying to get shit together. And he buys you one laptop and that's his way of con contributing. That's your damn dad. I, I couldn't say if that was like your uncle or your older cousin or some shit like that. But the person, you wouldn't be alive if you didn't come out of his nutsack. He, you're literally here because of him. And he's trying to make it seem as though it was like a mutual decision. Like you and him sat down one day like, you know what, man? I'm trying to be born and shit, my nigga. So need you to find a woman that you like. And I need you to have sex one time so I can be out here, bro. You got nine months. Holla at me. Like, that's not how it works, my nigga. You decided to have me. You decided to be my mother. Y'all decided to get a fucking divorce. Or even if they was on some black family shit. And they never got fucking divorced. You decided to get remarried and go to Connecticut and leave me with her. I could have lived with you. I could have came to Connecticut. 
but no you and your fucking wife wanted to fucking live in swagless land because what the fuck happens in connecticut really danbury waterbury all kinds of berries what i got a p2's berry all that shit is fucking some bullshit my nigga so all in all is always up to the person that's older the person that's wiser the person that's seen more things the person that's seen more of the world that's had to do more cognitive thinking you're not you you don't even make real decisions for your life until you're 18 everything's regimented wake up eat go to school come home do this do that what's the after school activity write this homework shower wake up brush your teeth go to school come back get your first job when's your first paycheck let me show you how you invest this everything is pretty much not up to you for 18 years of your life so if you're 30 like me you've had 12 sound years of making your own decisions your father's had 30 what kind of shit is that to just put it on someone who's younger that's still figuring it out that's now a dad in his fucking child's life hopefully because i know you personally i know you said your name is Mackenzie, but i actually know who you are you're in your child's life right and he's gonna sit here and say that bullshit to you and give you 50 beans and be like yo my nigga my father died four blocks away from me so we need to get this shit right i know in the grand scheme of things this is all my fault and you're pretty much a product of what happened between me and your mom but you should use some of that brain power of yours on that dead laptop of yours to fucking figure out ways to be around your family that shit is sheer nonsense you're not in the wrong and i don't know what your communicative tactics are because i know i would be more on an aggressive tip if i was you but i know everybody isn't me so anything you can do to mend what you had to mend with your father I believe is super important because no matter how much of a bitch ass nigga that he might present himself to be, you are the sole reason why, I'm sorry, he is the sole reason why you're here and everybody isn't raised with a dad. You know, my father was in prison. I couldn't just go to Connecticut and go check him. I, I didn't have the opportunity to just call him and see what's going on with him. You know what I mean? And um, now that you're an adult, you have more perspective on the world. And now that he's an older adult with more perspective on the world, I believe this is the right time for really for y'all to get together. And um, let me know how that goes. Write me back. Peace and blessings. Pass the dressing. And I'll speak to you niggas on Monday.